0: I think thinking entrepreneurially or adapting this mindset is, is, is less about inventing the next breakthrough medical device. And it's less about my my I'm seeking scalable growth and I wanna become global. And it's more about things like, how do I cleverly leverage resources when I don't have any resources? How do I creatively adapt?
1: In this episode of the ICSB Imagine Podcast, we have Dr. Michael H. Morris, who is a faculty member at the Keough School McKenna Center for Human Development and Global Business at the University of Notre Dame. Morris teaches the marketing of social initiatives, causes, and ventures at Notre Dame and has also authored 14 books, 26 book chapters, and more than 140 articles in peer-reviewed journals. He co-edits the Apprentice Hall Entrepreneurship Series and is editor of the Journal of Developmental Entrepreneurship. His most recent book is called What Do Entrepreneurs Create? Understanding Four Types of Ventures. In this episode, Dr. Amin al Terabishi chats with Dr. Michael H. Morris about the entrepreneurial mindset, running multiple poverty programs, limited opportunity horizons, a short case utilizing the entrepreneurial mindset, also programs such as Global Partnership for Poverty and Entrepreneurship. As well as the Urban Poverty and Business Initiative and the 80 Step Journey to a Sustainable Enterprise. We are pleased to have Michael H. Morris on the show.
2: Greetings, everyone. This is Ayman Tarabishi. I am the President and CEO of the International Council for Small Business. And this is both an ICSB webinar and our podcast that is coming out soon. And one of our um, second official guests of the ICSB podcast, Dr. Michael H. Morris, professor of practice at Notre Dame University. And let me, um, let me talk a little bit about uh, Dr. Morris. His, his expertise is in new venture creation, social entrepreneurship and innovation, corporate venturing, entrepreneurship and poverty, entrepreneurial marketing, pedagogy for creativity and entrepreneurship, both also in venture emergence, opportunity recognition, resource strategies. I think we all know who Dr. Michael Morris is. He's one of the giants in the field. I've known him for so many years. And to have him um, on a a webinar and a podcast is a a very good day for me and for everybody that's joining here. And we're gonna talk a little bit about the work he's doing, but specifically on a topic that he is very focused on and it's of high importance to ICSB and our global community, which is about poverty and the eradication of extreme poverty. Dr. Morris, welcome to
0: ICSB. How was your day? Well, thank you, Ivan. It's a pleasure to be with you. And um, anytime we get to talk about entrepreneurship and poverty, it's a good day.
2: Um, absolutely. So, um for the last couple of years, I know you've been extending and doing a lot of things from entrepreneurship pedagogy to, to new venture to entrepreneurial mindsets and thinking as well, right? But your focus, your most recent focus that's getting a lot of attention from people around the world, but specifically from ICSB and me personally. Is about poverty eradication and the focus on poverty. I have seen that you've just published a new article in the Journal of Small Business Management called "The Entrepreneurial Mindset and Poverty," which I think is a, is a game changer because everybody thinks of an entrepreneurial mindset, which is the next big unicorn. But you're bringing it back to earth. You're bringing it back to humanity, which is about poverty. And then you also your book um, that came out before. Is about poverty and, and and entrepreneurship in developed countries with Edward Ed, Edward Alger Publishing with Susanna Santos and Xavier Newmar. So you've changed focus, but this focus is a big hitting focus here. So tell us a little bit about about why this topic, and then we'll get into your article and book.
0: Yeah, well, I haven't changed focus as much as evolved, and and the. As we build entrepreneurship programs over the years, over the last 40 years in different universities, a sub-theme has always been entrepreneurship under conditions of adversity. And so we've done a lot of programming for women. We've done programs for Native Americans. We've done programming for disabled veterans. All different groups that where we felt entrepreneurship represented a pathway. Out of adversity, out of disadvantage, and so we've worked with the poor as part of this for for many years. It what's changed is today. That's all I'm doing. So I I am to me the back end of my career. If if we can move the goalposts a little bit on on the power of entrepreneurship as a as a vehicle for poverty reduction, that's what I want to do. It's it's important, especially now, what's going on in the
2: world with COVID-19. The World Bank has been talking about alleviating extreme poverty, and they said that for almost 25 years, extreme poverty was steadily declining. And if you look at the research there, you can see the graph is just going down. But most recently, the last couple of years, because of COVID-19, it's going up again, right? And, And we hope that this is just temporary, but in reality, there's more fundamental problems that we need to discuss, right? You know, throwing money at a problem does not solve the problem because if something happens, it goes right back up again. Can you explain a little bit the phenomenon of poverty, in your own words, what is poverty so people can really understand and why such
0: an important focus
2: now is what's going on around the world?
0: Yeah, well, it, obviously it, it's an inability to, to pay for basic necessities. You know, we can look at poverty in absolute terms or in relative terms, in terms of standards of living in countries versus people at the, the, the lower end of the of the income distribution. Um, the statistics you cite are, are interesting in that you talk not just about poverty, but extreme poverty, which in in, in general is thought of as, as you know $1.50 or less a day in, in earnings around the world. And while what you said is absolutely true, since 1990, we've seen this steady, inc- steady decline in extreme poverty around the globe. Um, a lot of that is traceable to two countries, China and India. So there are there are at least 7 countries in Africa where the trend has been the opposite even before COVID. So then when you throw COVID into the equation, obviously the people at the bottom are the most most devastated by COVID and they're the most devastated not just while COVID's happening but for 20 years after COVID is over. They continue to suffer the repercussions of of, of the setbacks uh, caused by by you know the, a disruption like COVID. So the, the the global poverty problem is 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 significant, and you know it's interesting where you've seen the biggest decreases in extreme poverty. It's in countries that have had, in general, an entrepreneurial revolution happening in them. So, I mean, mainstream entrepreneurship because I believe entrepreneurship in general pulls up society. But the more complex issue, and it really is a complicated question, is is entrepreneurship actually a pathway out of poverty? And we, we can't be naive and just hold it up as the be all end all solution, but it can be a pathway out of poverty. It, 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 it obviously for for many people at, at the base of the pyramid and in abject poverty circumstances, they can start a business and it allows them to survive, but it doesn't move the needle in terms of getting them out of poverty, in terms of meaningfully improving their their economic standard. But with the right set of factors, it can be a pathway out of poverty. And that's what we need to focus on, not just let's have more entrepreneurship, but we also need to look at the quality of that entrepreneurship, not just the quantity. Um,
2: In entrepreneurship, they, they kind of divide it up into opportunity entrepreneurship, where you seek a business opportunity, or as Scott Shane defined in his book, he called it necessity entrepreneurship, right? If you don't do it, you can't feed your family, right? The topics you raise are interesting, but in my personal opinion, you, you threw the world a curveball, especially the research field a curveball, is because when you talk about a mindset, an entrepreneurial mindset, everybody thinks it, it's in the field of opportunity entrepreneurship, right? Which is kind of like you know building the next big debt. But you brought it back to the most common and the most basic element as a mindset to, to, to kind of solve or alleviate the poor. You know, this is a major shift in raising these these topics together. Can, can you explain a little bit more?
0: Well, the entrepreneurial mindset is something we all talk about and too often we don't clarify what, what exactly it means. And so you go, well, I want to nurture your entrepreneurial mindset. Well, what is that? Well, I want you to think more entrepreneurially. Well, what does that mean? So what we've tried to do, building on the work of others, is tangibly lay out the elements of the entrepreneurial mindset, which include both cognitive or ways of thinking about the world, but, but also have an effective or emotional dimension that includes, you know passion and, and some other kinds of emotions, but also a behavioral orientation. And a good example. So so, so to to address your question, most people uh, I I think tend to think the cornerstones of the entrepreneurial mindset are innovation and growth. And so they associate that mindset with breakthrough innovation, with scalable enterprises, with creating the next SpaceX or the next Uber or, or what have you. And that's thinking entrepreneurially. Our argument is there are different elements of the entrepreneurial mindset. And those different elements, certain of them matter in these contexts and certain of them matter in those contexts. And so when we talk about poverty, I think thinking entrepreneurially or adapting this mindset is, is, is less about inventing the next breakthrough medical device. And it's less about my my uh, i'm seeking scalable growth and i want to become global and it's more about things like how do i cleverly leverage resources when i don't have any resources how do i creatively adapt i i don't i'm not a big fan of the dichotomy between necessity and opportunity-driven entrepreneurship only because i i think even the necessity-driven entrepreneurship often has an element of opportunity recognition in what they're doing. But even if we use that distinction, the necessity entrepreneur, once they start a business, is in a position to discover other possibilities, other opportunities. And so even if they started based on necessity, they they can demonstrate an opportunity-driven kind of perspective. But the, the opportunities we're talking about may represent very different kinds of opportunities than, again, some huge, explosive, innovative, scalable kind of opportunity. Uh, whether that's opportunities for, for, for you know, I, my, if you don't mind me giving us a, a, a specific example. Of course. We had a woman in our program, the poverty program that we run. Um, which we're now we're now in 14 cities, and I'm, I'm hoping to add a number of other partners uh, around the globe. Um, but she was a she had a cleaning business, and so she cleans homes. And you go, well, why why did she start that business? Well, that's what happens with a lot of the poor is it's the things they can see right around them, and it's the things that they're familiar with, and so. <coughs> I clean, I know know people who clean. I assume everybody has a house that needs cleaned. There must be a market app out there. I'm gonna start a cleaning business. And so (laughs) this is a concept that we call a limited opportunity horizon, the, the ability to see certain opportunities. But anyway, she starts the cleaning business. And so what does she initially do? She cleans houses. And she's discovered she can't make any real money because there's a lot of cleaning businesses. They all sell the same thing. It's what we call a commodity kind of business. And her customers aren't especially loyal. They're always looking for the cheapest cleaning service. And so with time, she starts to discover, I can make more money cleaning offices than homes. So now our opportunity horizon is changing. She starts cleaning offices, starts making a little bit more money. She finds that some of those offices are medical offices. And when she's cleaning medical offices, she finds they have a unique problem because there's urine and blood and feces, bio-waste. Well, she discovers that she can get certified to clean up bio-waste and charge three times more per hour. So she starts specializing in Bio waste cleanup and medical offices. Well, her opportunity horizon has expanded more. Then she starts to think, you know, I've met a lot of other cleaning businesses since I started this cleaning business. Why don't I just get into the certification business? I'll certify other cleaning people to clean up bio waste. Her opportunity horizon has expanded yet again. My point in the whole story is. That's the entrepreneurial mindset, and, and, and that's the, those are the dimensions of the entrepreneurial mindset we need to put much more emphasis on when we talk about the core. So things like adaptation and using opportunities to discover new opportunities and leveraging resources of others when you don't have any resources and clever ways to mitigate your risk, those are the pieces of the, of the entrepreneurial mindset that matter the most with the core.
2: And this is maybe one of the best way of explaining what an entrepreneurial mindset I've heard in years. <laughs> so I, I, I commend you for the most effective way of explaining to people what is an entrepreneurial mindset. But I want to talk a little bit about your poverty program. You mentioned that you have 14 already and expanding and more here. You know, ISB is in 180 countries plus, and we have different groups and different members, and we have knowledge hubs as well. The Philippines, Egypt—we have so many knowledge hubs that are kind of mini ICsBs in these countries. Talk a little bit about your poverty program and how people can engage in it, and and what are the next steps in terms of getting getting involved in the poverty program?
0: Yeah. Well, thanks, Iman. I, there are two there are two programs that we run. One is 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 called the Global Partnership for Poverty and Entrepreneurship. It's a free resource to anybody in the world who is wants to know what's what what's the leading edge research on poverty and entrepreneurship what what's being taught around poverty and entrepreneurship and what are the best practices in terms of community engagement so the global partnership for poverty and entrepreneurship is is a resource portal open to anybody The other initiative is called the Urban Poverty and Business Initiative, and this is an on-the-ground intervention program where we work with low-income and disadvantaged people, people in poverty, people formerly incarcerated, refugees, women from women's shelters. We have a 10-month intervention program where over these 10 months, it's, it's got six components to it a unique toolkit, a bunch of clever and creative resources that fit this context. Um, And so we run that program here in South Bend where Notre Dame is, but we have expanded it. So we have partners at 13 other universities, other cities in the United States um, that use the same playbook. In fact, we have a playbook that describes the pieces and parts of the program. We have a resource platform, other ways that we support these businesses. But here's the key, Iman. What we do is we're looking at the journey from idea to sustainable enterprise. And we define a sustainable enterprise as a a business that's generating enough profit to start to change your income status, move you out of poverty. And we look at that as an 80 step journey. 80 steps from the idea to a sustainable enterprise. So our whole program is built around helping people take steps. So it's more focused on inputs than just outputs. And so it's not just how many businesses got started, how many jobs did they create, it's how many steps did they take. And what we find, Iman, is if we can help you take 20 steps, you'll take 20 steps on your own. That progress begets progress. So as we've extended this model and it's now being used in 14 cities, we've we started to create, you know, some capacity and support. So we're now ready to the, the 14 partners we currently have are all in the U.S. and different cities around the country, well, every region of the country. Um, but we're excited to, to, to invite partners who would like to, to share our model and become part of the partnership uh, around the world. And, and so that to us is the next the next big goal.
2: I think this is what ICSB is excited about. And as you know, that ICSB has a platform at the United Nations on June 27th every year for micro and small and medium enterprises. And hopefully if all goes well and we're allowed back on the premises for in-person events, and Dr. Michael Morris um, is exploring and joining us for that event, depending on his schedule. But more excitingly as well, equal to the United Nations is our ICSB World Congress is going to be in Washington, D.C. from July 5th to the 8th. And that I can say with confidence that Michael Morris, Dr. Michael Morris will be joining us for this for this Congress. And, and in that Congress will have the space and the venue to talk about the programs, talk about the topic and to get some international partners joining us here. And that's the mission of ICSB, is to be the platform to bring everybody together uh, jointly here. And Dr. Morris, based on the on the work that you're doing and what you're seeing happening here, and, and, and this is a teaser for the for the for the for the World Congress, our theme is the entrepreneurial revolution. And it is looking at the world in the future here. Your quick reaction, you're saying, Ivan, if you mention revolution. This is what comes to my mind, specifically in entrepreneurship and small business. What are some of the topics or ideas that come to your mind right away?
0: Well, I think we have to start to realize that if it's a revolution, and I believe it's a revolution, I believe when people look back at the 21st century, they will say that was the entrepreneurial century. But if it's it's a revolution, then, we're changing the game and we're 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 changing social problems like poverty and my belief if we just focus on the poverty dimension of this is that we're not just talking about uh, entrepreneurship as as a vehicle that helps a person make more money if we start to go into poverty communities and can start more sustainable enterprises i think you start to see crime come down. I think you start to see more people finish school. They don't drop out from school. I think a whole lot of other social problems start to get solved as a function of the critical mass of sustainable small businesses started by the poor. So to me, that's a revolution and one that I think is more promising than some of the other solutions to poverty that are bandied about.
2: I'm absolutely, I am 100%. And you just don't know how excited I am for you to, to be part of this entrepreneurial revolution that ICSB is putting together there. I want, I want to thank you for your time today and for the webinar and the podcast here. We'll be sharing with everybody with more information to come.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Lyman.
1: Stay tuned for a quick introduction of Dr. Teherabishi and the International Council for Small Business, ICSB. Dr. Hyman El-Tarabishi is currently the president and CEO of the International Council for Small Business, ICSB. ICSB, it was founded in 1955. It is the oldest and largest nonprofit organization represented in 195 countries that is dedicated to supporting micro, small businesses, and entrepreneurs. Dr. El-Tarabishi, currently holds the deputy chairperson at the department of management at the george washington school of business he is the only faculty member in george washington that lectures in nationally ranked programs in 2021 he was voted as the best online faculty at the george washington school of business dr el terabishi also held the most outstanding faculty member award for five consecutive years from 2010 to 2015. Remembered as one of his most outstanding achievements, Dr. El Terabishi played a central role in creating and promoting the United Nations micro, small and medium-sized enterprises MSMEs day. With his novel idea, Dr. El Bishi managed to work closely with the permanent mission of Argentina to propose a resolution to dedicate a United Nations International Name Day to MSMEs. Approved by the United Nations General Assembly, the proposal was presented by the permanent mission of Argentina and 54 countries. Thus, 5.5 billion people acted as co-signers of this resolution. From that day forward, June 27th, has been recognized as the official UN MSME Day. Founded in 1955, the International Council for Small Business, ICSB, was the first international membership organization to promote the growth and development of small businesses worldwide. The organization brings together educators, researchers, policymakers, and practitioners from around the world to share knowledge and expertise in their respective fields through publications, programs, workshops, training sessions, and certifications. ICSP is the originator of the United Nations resolution to create an international name day dedicated to micro, small, and medium-sized. Enterprises on June 27th, MSME's Day. The ICSB's premier World Congress is held every June around the world and brings together leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs. For more information on the International Council for Small Business, check out our social media pages, it will be linked in the show notes, the podcast description below. Our email at media at icsb.org. Check out our website at icsb.org. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, and Instagram. Thank you and stay safe out there.